0: First of all, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your very first listen every single day. And also remember that Lockdown Wolves is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, as well as Apple, Google, Spotify and the all new Odyssey app. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy Timberwolves preseason game day. The Wolves are in Los Angeles this evening to take on the L.A. Clippers in preseason game three out of four. It's a 9.30 p.m. Central tip, a late preseason game uh, that will be televised nationally on NBA TV. So uh, we'll talk about all that here in a second. I also want to get into, we'll, t- we'll spend a little bit of time talking about Friday's show. We didn't do a true postgame podcast following Friday's, or I should say Friday's game, uh, the, the victory over the Nuggets. But I want to kind of uh, not recap it, but I guess, put a bow on it, you know, key takeaways and then transition that into what to look for this week as preseason wraps up. We're only about 10 days or I guess nine days out from the regular season opener, the home game against the Rockets next Wednesday, the 20th. Um, so a lot to look forward to as we get into the show today. Um, and, uh, throughout the week here. <clears throat> All right. Um, so actually, let's let's start with the week ahead before we, before we touch on the Nuggets game from Friday. So basically, uh, Wolves-Clippers this evening, that's Monday night, uh, as I said. And then later this week, the Wolves head all the way across to the East Coast to take on the Brooklyn Nets. That's a 6.30 p.m. Central tip on Thursday the 14th, also broadcast on NBA TV. So the first two games were both Bally Sports North. These two games are both uh, nationally broadcast on NBA TV if you're looking uh, to watch those. I would expect them to not be blacked out in the Twin Cities because I don't believe that Valley Sports is broadcasting them, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. So check that if you live in the Twin Cities, but that's my understanding. So 9.30 PM on Monday, 6.30 on Thursday. In the meantime, the Timberwolves are practicing on the West coast. They practice at USC over the weekend. That is of course the alma mater for Jordan McLaughlin, who's a four-year starter for the USC Trojans. And uh, the Wolves are practicing in their gym uh, this week. Um, so uh, in terms of Friday's game, you know, I, I want to hit a couple high points real quickly here, and then we'll, we'll Kind of transition into what did we what did we see from last week's uh, you know two preseason games that can help tip us off on what to watch for, what to look forward to for the two preseason games this week as we get closer and closer to real actual regular season to rules basketball for the first time, and I guess it's only been five months, but it feels like a lot longer. Um, okay, so the high points from Friday for me. Um, you know, I, again, preseason game. If you're new to the podcast, what we typically do for post games uh, in the regular season is I'll do kind of the the game flow. You know, the big points of the game, not a full recap, but basically what were the what were the key points in the game? How did the game uh, play out? And then I'll do uh, key takeaways and stud, individual studs and duds. I'll usually pick three studs and at least one or two duds for the Rules who played well individually and who did not play well individually. Um, this is obviously now a couple of days removed from Friday's. Game. I'm not going to do a full preseason postgame pod format for this one. Um, we'll probably do that after the Clippers game this evening, Monday night for Tuesday's show. Uh, but today I just want to hit a couple of high points. Um, so first of all, the Wolves starters did not play as well as they did in the first preseason game, which was a week ago last Monday against the Pelicans. Um, the starters really struggled in general. Um, and they, I think they they didn't score until like, I don't know, three minute, almost three minutes into the game. They were down 21 to 8. Only eight minutes into the game. So, like, at the, I think they didn't get double figures in points until like the 341 mark in the first quarter, if I remember right. Um, the offense was just generally not all that aggressive. Anthony Edwards didn't attempt a shot in the first quarter, uh, and he didn't score until midway through the second quarter. D'Angelo Russell had a really uh, tough time scoring the basketball after being just absolutely lights out on Monday against the Pelicans, Carlton Anthony Towns was really good. He took Nikola Jokic down in the post and scored on him a couple times and just had another really solid all-around game. We'll get into a couple of individual performances here in a second. But the Wolves got off to a really slow start in this game. Um, They were down seven at the end of the first quarter. They were only down two at halftime. The, The bench, again, came in, provided energy, which is what happened against the Pelicans on Monday as well. And then headed into the fourth, they were down seven again ended up really, and this was the same sort of thing as the Pelicans game Monday in in terms of rotation. And and we'll talk about rotation moving forward here in a little bit when it comes to preseason. But head coach Chris Finch was not, you know, obviously the Wolves are trying to win the game, but they're not putting starters or even, even, you know, first unit bench guys back into the game in the fourth quarter just to try and win a preseason game. So we're talking about a a lineup towards, you know, down the stretch where Jalen Noel and Leandro Balmaro are the ones running the offense. Um, You had Nathan Knight in the front court. You had uh, Jake Lehman playing some minutes, although he wasn't, I don't think, on the court at the very end of the game. Um, Or maybe he was, I guess. McKinley Wright was in the game at that point. Of course, last Monday, he had the big game-saving block that kept the Pelicans from tying the game last Monday night um, at the buzzer. But this was essentially Noel Bomaro and G League guys, uh, frankly. And the Wolves were able to tie the game. Jalen Newell was great. He scored six points in the final, I think, minute of regulation. And then he scored six points in overtime. And ultimately hit the game winner. Had 12 points on 12 shots in just 13 minutes. So uh, Jalen Noel, of course, he's going to get his shots up. He tied for the most few goal attempts in the entire on uh, the entire roster in this game and only played 13 minutes. Um, which, by the way, if you want a sense for how evenly split these minutes were distributed, the team's leading score was Malik Beasley. He only had 13 points, and it didn't feel like he had 13 points. He made only one three. So I think he's like one for nine now over the first two preseason games uh, from outside the arc. And uh, but but still was able to get 13 points in 20 minutes and led the team in scoring, which is, uh, an example of how, how thinly spread the minutes were from Chris Finch. Everyone played except for the, the training camp contract guys, uh, with Chris Silva, um, Brian Bowen, Isaiah Miller, and, um, uh, Matt Lewis. Those guys, none of those guys saw the floor once again, but everybody else played, including both two way guys, um, and all the, everybody, um, got into the game in this one. So I want to hit a couple of other key takeaways here next. Um, And then again, transition into like, what does this tell us about this week? What should we be watching for in the games against the Clippers on Monday and the Nets on Thursday? So that's what we're going to do next. First, though, let's talk about our friends over at Sleeper. In 2018, the fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense and required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents. The days of losing because your opponent's players simply had more games scheduled to play in that week are over over. The days of mindless busy work are over on a daily, mindless daily busy week are completely over. The days of giving up halfway through the season because of that busy work also over. In game picks, you pick one game per week for each player based on player matchups, home versus away, opponent's defensive ranking, pace of play, and more. All of that adds up to more strategy and less of the dreaded busy work. Whether you prefer redraft, keeper or dynasty, game picks has you covered. Sleeper cracked the fantasy basketball code. If you play fantasy football, which I do, and I play actually my dynasty league is through sleeper, if you prefer building out a weekly strategy versus daily busy work, you are going to love game picks. Download the sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. Let's also talk about our friends over at DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got a device that lets you catch the game live. And of course, now football season, everyone's watching DirecTV. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. And maybe you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. Get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Okay, let's talk about uh, a couple of other quick takeaways from, from the game on Friday against the Nuggets. Um, one is rotations, and I wanna talk about talk more about that here in terms of what to watch for moving forward. But I want to, I want to just touch on it related to Friday specifically. So clearly Chris Finch is not stick not adhering to the rule of one of, you know, one of the best three offensive players on the court at all times, Um, which is fair because it's preseason, right? So we're not seeing one of Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards sticking with the bench unit. It's almost been, hasn't been completely like hockey line shifts, but um, or hockey line changes, kind of close to it at times. Um, and again, this is more because of it's about the minutes restrictions than it is about strict, you know, lineup experimentation. Now we'll see how much the Wolves aren't the only team doing this, but it's interesting because once we get into the regular season, that's when you'll get a real sense for which lineups are working. Maybe it's diminishing returns at this point, if they were to try and, you know, spend more time figuring out these lineup combinations and playing these guys more minutes, because, the opposing team isn't at full strength either. They're not playing their true defense as they would in uh, you know, in the regular season either. There's so many different variables involved that it probably is just safer to approach it like the Wolves are, which is restricting minutes um, in a really smart way, right? So we saw guys play 17, 18 minutes. The starters play 17, 18 minutes in the preseason opener. They were 20, 22 minutes this time around. I would expect on Monday... In, uh in Los Angeles against the Clippers, they're in the 25 to 28 range. And then perhaps it's more normal in the fourth game. Um, but like, for instance, um, like Torian Prince has been basically, I think he was the first guy off the bench in both preseason games so far. No idea what his role is going to be once we get into the regular season. But his I mean, the fact that he's so flexible uh, in terms of in terms of his position, he can play the three or the four. He can guard twos and some fives even. Um, and he's one of the he's one of the better shooters on the team from outside the arc. Um he's going to be a, a, a really important piece of how Finch puts together his rotations. And, and I don't know that we really know how he's going to be used yet. All we know is that Finch loves his versatility. The Wolves are going to move him around a little bit, especially defensively. And, and that's, that's what we know so far. So I, again, I wouldn't read too much into the rotations based on what we saw last week in the first two preseason games and same moving forward. Um, although I would think it's going to start to get closer to, to where it'll ultimately end up. Um, you know, once we get into the final two preseason games this week. Um, my last takeaway is is just one player specifically who has been really impressive through two preseason games. That's Josh Akogi. Um, His defense is more like Josh Okogi of two years ago than Josh Kogi of last year. I think last year, his extreme offensive issues really kind of ate into what he was able to provide defensively. I mean, remember, rookie season, Okoge is basically defined by the block on James Harden on national TV. I think it was an ESPN game. Big... Th- Block on a three-point attempt of James Harden, in, you know, down the stretch in that game. And fantastic defense overall on James Harden. And that was kind of his MO then, right? And then year two, a lot, you know, similar. I think he improved a little bit shooting the ball outside the arc. Uh, generally was a little better as a sophomore than it was as a rookie. Last year, his offense regressed so much. And and I blame that, obviously, partly on Kogi and partly on the situation that Ryan Saunders and the Timberwolves coaching staff put him in, he was being expected to do more um, offensively than he probably should have been, certainly more than he should have been, um, whether that be stand in the corner and knock down open corner threes. I mean, that's maybe not too much to ask of a starting wing in the NBA in today's game, but that's simply not what Josh Kogi does well. Um, there's two games in particular last year that stand out to me. One was the first game in Oklahoma City. I think it's a game the Wolves actually won. But Okoge had a couple of really bad turnovers early in that game. I think he ended up playing very few minutes, and, and this was when Saunders was still coaching. He got pulled and didn't play very much late in the game. Um, but he had one like really bad turnover where it was almost like you were watching like a high school game where he got stuck like right outside the paint, and he pivoted in a circle like twice and then ultimately turned the ball over or got a shot blocked or something. That was a really bad game for Josh. And then there was a second game not long after that. I believe it was Golden State on the road when they literally, it was either Golden State or the Clippers, where they literally left him completely open outside the arc on like five straight possessions. They were intentionally sagging off of him to the point where they were, they were almost packing the paint and, uh, he missed every single shot. And ultimately I think he airballed one of his three point attempts and he didn't play much the rest of that game either. I think that his offensive struggles, and again, in part because the positions he was being put into by his coaching staff and well, really his coaching staff. Um, that affected him defensively. Now, don't get me wrong. Josh Kogi was still a good defender last year, but he was not a great defender. He was not the same defender we saw two, three years ago. Um, so once Chris Finch took over last season, we saw Kogi playing more and more in horn sets at the elbow. We saw him playing more and more um, in the dunker spot, similar to how the Wolves used Jared Vanderbilt offensively. Kogi's a good screener, and he's a pretty solid roller and cutter as well. He can score in the paint. He's athletic. He can make uh, free throws well enough when he gets the free throw line. And, um, we saw Finch use him a lot in, in a lot more, uh, or I, I guess just a lot more smartly, if that makes sense. He, he was smarter in the way that he used Josh Akogi than, uh, the previous coaching staff had been. And we got to see him, you know, perk up a little bit on both ends of the floor. Now, so far this preseason, we've definitely seen that. His defense is back to where we've we've wanted to see it, where we saw it in the past. He's got a total of four steals and three blocks between the first two preseason games in 36 total minutes. I mean, that's, um, you know, four steals, three blocks in 36 minutes. That's fantastic. He's also made six of his nine shot attempts from the field. Um, He made a corner three last time out as well. I, I think he's he's. Probably not in the starting lineup on opening night. He could be. I mean, he started the first preseason game, but he's going to have a role in this rotation. And you know, maybe eventually Leandro Bal- Leandro Balmaro takes his rotation spot basically as a as a um, a bigger wing. But that's not going to happen early in the season. I think akogi has got the rotation spot pretty much locked down. We just need to see him continue to show confidence at both ends of the floor. Um, and it was great to see that again from Josh on Friday and through two preseason games. To me, he's been the most impressive player relative to expectations. Obviously, Towns has been great. Um, D'Lo had one great game and one bad game. Uh, Bomaro has been exciting. Jalen Noel's had moments. Um, you know McKinley Wright's played great defense. Like There's lots of things to shout out. Uh, but to me, relative to expectations and, and what we saw last year, Josh Kogi has really been the best, uh, the most impressive player to me through two preseason games. We'll see if he can continue that this week. Um, okay, I want to finish the show today by talking about what to watch for in the final two preseason games. Um, the things that you should keep an eye on again, you know, it's great the Wolves are two and but we're not focusing on wins and losses in the preseason obviously. So, um, we're going to get into into those things, you know, what to watch for this week. In the games against the Nets and the Clippers, here in just a second. First, though, let's talk about our outstanding friends over at Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time? It tastes exactly like a candy bar. I have a Built Bar every single day on my way home from work. They are delicious. Any flavor with coconut, any flavor with brownie, whether it's mint brownie or you know whatever, anything with caramel, uh, cookies and cream is fantastic. If you want to just Try a couple different flavors out, or to be more exact, uh, nine flavors. Go ahead and get a mix box. You'll get two of each of the nine staple flavors of Built Bar. Um, not only do they taste delicious, but they're healthy for you as well. Check out the macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to just 180 calories per bar, and only four or five grams of sugar and just four to five grams net carbs. Every single flavor tastes amazing, and they're all healthy. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. All right, uh, let's put a bow on uh, on the first week of preseason, look ahead to the second week of preseason. We're now moving out of the training camp phase and into just practices, game, preseason games. And then there's like a, a six day break between the final preseason game and the Wolves first regular season game. So here's what we need to watch this week. Uh, the first thing is tighter rotations. I alluded to this earlier that we can't read too much into like Prince being the first guy off the bench and McLaughlin getting into the game early in the second quarter because we don't know if that's that's what regular season Timberwolves rotation is going to look like. Like for instance, Patrick Beverly only played uh what, what like uh, 11 minutes in the game on Friday off the bench. Jordan McGoffin played 17. That's obviously not what we're going to see once we get into the regular season, but Pat Bev doesn't need to play 18 minutes a game in preseason. Um, even with a new team, it's just not necessary. Uh, so, I think we can read into it a little bit, like for instance, as I mentioned earlier, Prince's versatility, how the Wolves may use him, uh, the the pairings in the backcourt that Chris Finch has tried. But I think we can look for the rotations to start to tighten up. He was asked uh, post practice, I think maybe it was last Thursday or leading into Friday's game. Um, he was asked about approaching the preseason. You know, with four games, obviously the NFL typically has four preseason games. They I think they cut back to three this year, but. Oftentimes in the NFL, if you're not familiar, the first game is kind of like, eh, you know, a lot of young guys play the middle two are kind of maybe the starters play a half of a quarter or something, maybe a full quarter. And then the fourth one is like, or I guess usually it's the third one is the dress rehearsal, right? Where you have uh, maybe your starters play the whole first half and you want to kind of see how your team rolls. Then the, then the final preseason game um, would be more of like, hey, let's not get anybody hurt. Let's play the young guys, figure out the back end of the roster. Uh, he. Chris Finch was asked if he would think about approaching the preseason that way. He basically said, no, it's just in terms of minutes limitations. So if it was the NFL model, we would see Monday as the the dress rehearsal, right? We might see 30 plus minutes from Cat, whatever. Don't expect to see that. Um, it's It sounds like they're just going to continue to inch minutes upwards. So we may see after 22 minutes from the starters, basically, uh, well, actually, yeah, between 22 and 24 minutes for all the starters on Friday, maybe we're seeing 26 to 30 minutes max, probably 26 to 28 minutes on monday and then maybe it ramps up a little more thursday with six days to rest and recover and practice ahead of next wednesday's regular season opener so i would more expect to see the minutes to increase incrementally than i would to see tighter rotations in in a, like a an actual regular season sense you're not going to see the rotations shortened to nine or ten guys that said i think it will be interesting to see if we get to see uh you know extended minutes for some of these backcourt pairings if we get to see uh you know, maybe even a different starting lineup. We saw two different starting lineups last week. Are they going to continue shuffling guys in and out? Um, I think that'll be interesting to watch. I don't know that the rotations will actually be tighter. I think we'll just see slightly increased minutes for for the guys that will be on the court the most once the season starts. Um, related to that, though, Jordan McLaughlin and Jalen Noel, I think it'll be interesting to see what their roles are moving forward. McLaughlin, as I said a minute ago, has really, I mean, he's come off the bench pretty early in these games and has seen a fair amount of minutes. He played 17 minutes on Friday and he was good. He had 10 points on four or six shooting. He made both of his three-point attempts and the Wolves obviously really like him. But what is his role, right? I mean, Patrick Beverly's the de facto backup point guard, although he's not going to initiate a ton of offense with the second unit. I think we're going to see a lot more of um, uh, Anthony Edwards running with the second unit and initiating offense. Or we might see, um, I mean, in preseason, it's been a lot of Jordan McLaughlin. We've seen McLaughlin and Patrick Beverly on the floor together. Are the Wolves planning to play Beverly McLaughlin, and D'Angelo Russell all as part of the regular rotation? Are they going to play a 10-man rotation with no Morrow in the rotation and um, no Jalen Noel, and maybe McLaughlin's the 10th guy, and he plays more than I was expecting him to play? That's a real possibility. Jalen Noel is an interesting one too, because anytime he gets on the floor, he seems to end up scoring. And I mean, he did take 12 shots in 13 minutes on Friday, but Generally speaking, he's a pretty efficient three-level scorer. He can handle the ball. He can initiate offense like he did in Summer League in Las Vegas this summer. Um, and he also has been more active in both Summer League and so far in preseason defensively. He had two steals and a block on Friday. We saw him put forth more effort defensively in Summer League, which has been been his biggest issue. Now, he's probably the 11th guy in the rotation, right? McLaughlin's probably 10, and and it's either Noel or Balmorrow that's going to end up being 11th in the Timberwolves rotation to start the season. And if Bomaro ends up going to the G League, which is very likely, Noel's probably on the regular season roster, um, and, uh, on the fringes of the rotation. I just, I'm curious to see if they find a way to, to get him a few minutes here and there to try and kind of keep him fresh. He's the type of guy who you don't want him coming off. You know, if they end up needing him in week three of the season, after not playing the first two weeks, what's that going to be like for Jalen Noel, um, coming in cold, how's he going to play himself into the rotation? Um, He's the type of guy where I feel like if you get him a few minutes a night here and there, um, he could be more effective down the road. And and I've obviously been bullish on Noel for a while. I think he will be a very good rotation NBA player, likely a you know a, a reserve type, six man type is probably his ceiling, but he can score the basketball and, and the Wolves will need somebody to do that off the bench at some point this season. Um, and of course, the way he finished the game on Friday was fantastic. The other thing is Malik Beasley, how the Wolves are using him. He's come off the bench in each of the first two games. Maybe he gets a shot at the starting lineup on Monday in LA. Um, I thought all along he would be a starter, but Finch's comments recently, I talked about this on, I think, Friday's show, really allude to the fact that Beasley may be better suited with the current group that the Timberwolves have coming off the bench once the season starts. So, I think he probably will come off the bench both games this week, but you never know. Um, he ended up playing, uh, leading the team in scoring, 13 points in 20 minutes in Friday's game, and he shot the ball a little better than he did in the in the first game. 13 points, three rebounds, five of 12 shooting, one of five outside the arc. So he has struggled from deep so far this preseason, but in both games, he's been active as a cutter and has gotten to the free throw line, which is something he doesn't do a ton of normally. Um, so he's looked good outside of his three-point shooting struggles over the past couple of games. So I guess the only two games so far, the preseason games. Um, But outside of the three-point shooting, he's looked solid. So I'm curious to see what he looks like this week and how the Wolves use him, what kind of minutes distribution he gets and what lineups he plays with. Um, And so that's directly related to my final thing, which is the starting lineup. Um, I had been saying throughout the the offseason that I think the starting lineup is probably D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Anthony Edwards, Jared Vanderbilt, Carl Anthony Towns. Now it's starting to seem like Edwards plays the two and it'll either be a Kogi at the three or McDaniels at the three with Vanderbilt at the four. Or if it's Okogie at the three, it's possibly McDaniels at the four. Um, and maybe Vando and Malik Beasley come off the bench and, and maybe I was wrong on, on what 40% of the starting lineup. Um, we'll see what, how this thing shakes out. We've seen two starting lineups in two games. Will it, Will it be a third different one on Monday? Will it be one of the two from last week? Um, But the Wolves do have legitimate depth this year. They've got seven guys that are worthy of starting, and they've got probably 12 rotation-worthy guys, and they're going to have a nine- or ten-man rotation. And that's just how this this is going to work this year. Um, So it doesn't really matter who starts. It matters who finishes, right? Like, for instance, if Vanderbilt ends up starting the game, I don't think he's finishing the game at the four. I think he's your starting four. Um, unless you're really struggling to rebound the ball or Towns is out because of foul trouble or something, Vando's probably not in your closing lineup because of his offensive limitations. Um, I, I think you know McDaniels is probably your closing four. Um, and if Josh Kogi starts, I don't think you can really have him on the floor unless you're going offense, defense at the end of a close game. I think he's probably your starting three and then you close with either D'Lo and Patrick Beverly. That's most likely what it is in the backcourt. So, so Pat Bev can play you know, it could take the toughest perimeter assignment. McDaniels is your four. So you've got both Beverly and McDaniels on the floor defensively. um, Or you find a way to get Beasley on the floor. If Edwards improves defensively, Beasley and Edwards are on the floor together with D'Lo. Um, now you're going to have some problems defensively there. But again, if Edwards shows and strides, he continues to improve on that end of the floor. That's feasible. Um, so again, I think it's more the finishing lineup, the closing, the crunch time lineup than it is the starting lineup that we need to be concerned about. Um, but it's I'm more curious than anything else to see what the starting lineup looks like when it comes to Wednesday, the 20th against the Houston Rockets. Um, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that throughout the week. And, uh, obviously, uh, you know, discuss it following the game Monday, which uh, brings me to my last point, which is after the game, Monday night, a late game, 9 30 PM central tip against the Clippers. I will have a post game podcast that will post in the middle of the night. So probably after midnight. So technically Tuesday morning here, local time in, in the central time zone, that will be Tuesday's podcast. It will be a post game pod Go ahead and give it another run at a uh, at an actual post game pod with the game flow, key takeaways, and studs and duds. So uh, we will have that for you early, early on Tuesday, late Monday, early Tuesday. Be sure if you're not already following or subscribed to the podcast that you do that. And a big thank you to those of you that are regular listeners for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Remember, free and available on all platforms, and that includes YouTube now. We're almost two months into YouTube. Um, so be sure if you're not subscribed there that you do that, you like this video, uh, you know, give it the thumbs up. Definitely appreciate it. Um, and, and I can't express that enough. You can also listen if you prefer to listen on Apple, Google, Spotify, or the all new Odyssey app, you can do that. Be sure you're also following on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves. That's at LockedOnTWolves. Don't forget the T. Friendly reminder, I did not set up that Twitter handle. If I did, there would not have been a T in it, but that's where we're at. So be sure you put the T in there, LockedOnTWolves and at BBK with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right. That's all I have for you today. Thanks once again for listening to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.